0: Jesus is enough. Welcome to Grace Walk Radio. I'm your host, Derek Lewandowski and I'm here with, let's put it this way, if I'm the right wing, he's the left wing. If I'm the striker, he's the halfback. If I'm the quarterback, he's the running back. If I'm, oh, let's see, we got any other analogies? If I'm the shortstop, he's the second baseman. Hey.
1: There we go. I, you know, I did play second base in base, And I played shortstop. There we go. Caleb Berg. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as the striker and the halfback, while it works, because there's fullbacks and halfbacks in soccer, usually the backs are on the defensive side. So that means, unless like, you're playing for Liverpool, those defenders are never getting the ball up to the strikers like that. But it works for Liverpool. Yes,
0: yes but... It works for Liverpool. But uh, I'm going to mess up quoting a scripture here. I planted the seed. There we go. Apollo watered it, but God made it grow. No matter where, what part of the
1: process we play, Caleb. Yes, it's all for the glory and, of God. And the left wing portion wasn't in regards to political views. No, <laughs> it's, you know, um,
0: I, I got to say, I, I played soccer in high school. And I feel like the vocabulary has changed on the it, field.
1: I've noticed the difference between high school soccer vocabulary and like professional European, and maybe it's the difference between American and yeah, European. yeah. Like we
0: had left wing, right wing, yeah. strikers, halfbacks. So nowadays, pullbacks. left
1: wing, right wing um, in football, soccer uh, would be referring five, to um, four forwards who are on two, the sides. The one. Ones.
0: Okay, soccer update is done. Um, <laughs> we get five done. seconds it's of soccer.
1: Done. You said six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and I, you know, I got to bring up uh, just a funny moment from last uh, Sunday. Uh, Caleb was emceeing, uh, and my kids were reminding me about it last night. They, they got a kick out of – Caleb was – he was announcing a men's retreat coming up, and he said, we'd like you to consider attending the men's retweet. So, like, it, was that a retweet? Like like you're retweeting <laughs> consider retweeting the
1: men's minutes. or was that elmer fudd
0: i think oh, it was oh, we
1: come to the retweet more likely i had a stroke <laughs> in the middle of doing the announcements
0: <laughs> what, now, now you, why are we laughing it, what, because strokes are funny right <laughs> oh
1: gosh now we're okay. really gonna get some <laughs> <hate> mail. Just, <laughs> we just need to stop okay this frivolous foolishness and let's get let's, on to just a reminder to our listeners take strokes seriously Watch for this one, the warning signs. Yes. Listen to me speak, and that's usually a warning <laughs> if sign. If they say
0: we retweet, retweet instead of yes. uh, instead of retreat, okay. Okay. So uh, let's let's move on to much more serious yes. uh, matters. Um, this show exists to uh, to preach the gospel, right? We're just reminding ourselves of the gospel. Our mission is to talk about and discuss living under grace in a modern world and the gospel and belief and practice. So, um, why don't we start by, you know, one of the segments we do is a cultured spotlight. We just like to kind of take a look at something in culture and just look at it through the lens of the gospel. So, um, what are we going to talk about today, Caleb? Um,
1: I believe we talked about doing the, uh, some information about the coronavirus, Coronavirus, yeah.
0: okay. Well, apparently it's coming here. Um, the stuff I've read recently uh, suggests that they're having a hard time containing it. And one of the reasons they're having a hard time containing it is just because uh, the death rate is actually lower um, and the incubation rate is longer. And just, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's, they're having a hard time corralling it, especially yeah. in nations that don't have uh, a good response to this. So we don't intend to like, Lay out kind of an update on what 's happening with the coronavirus as much as look at it through the lens of the gospel like what 's your take like you know as you read culture and and you know kind of see what people are saying about it what 's your feeling about how people are taking this
1: It seems to be that there's a lot of fear out there um, so in my uh, tent making business of selling travel um, it 's definitely something that 's been not me personally, but the the industry has been affected by this, and the numbers that are being tossed around now are like you know billions of dollars lost in that industry mm. um, and The reason why is because of fear and now granted um, maybe some of that is legitimate you know i, I wouldn 't necessarily want to be stuck on a cruise ship you know for three weeks, especially with, when you know, there 's a story in the news about a cruise yeah. ship, so you being know tied up for weeks because of the It seems that fear, though, is definitely, I don't know, when you follow a lot of mainstream media, um, it can create panic. Yeah. And I think there's some wisdom in being aware of things that are going on around you, but at the same time, not devoting your life to the mainstream media. Like, I would suggest maybe shutting off the news every now and then. Um, It's good to know what's going on Mm. around you, but not to the point where it's, all you watch and i mean because they're looking for headlines and Mm -hmm. this is a headline you know but just to point out the death rate for the standard influenza strain that's attacking america right now the death toll on that is much higher than the coronavirus and hasn't even been mentioned in the news
0: yeah and that that's a really good point i think the media um you know, they get clicks based on getting reactions from people. Yeah. I want to read this. I need to read this. My life depends on this. And, and so I think it's important to remember that God is sovereign. Yeah. It's important to remember that many, many of the promises of God's word have to do with, um, putting courage in our hearts, you know, yeah. be strong and courageous. Jesus said, fear not. He said, um, in this world, you will have much trouble, but fear not because I've overcome the world. And so, I think a good question to ask when we face stuff like this is, what voice are you? Is your heart listening to? Yeah. And we need to make sure that we're listening to that our hearts are being informed every single day, even if the worst happened, even mm-hmm. if the death rate was high, and like this was like, you know, going to kill most of the people that got this virus, and it was coming to the U.S. Yeah. Um, I, I would be saying the same thing right now. God is sovereign, and that we need to trust Him. and trust that His glory is going to work in all things and that uh, we need not be afraid no matter what comes to us. And I'm not saying that um, God will magically protect every Christian from getting the coronavirus or Ebola, uh, but what I am saying is that all the promises of God help us in the midst of anything that comes into our lives and helps us to rise above that in faith.
1: The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear and that love is the love of God. And... um, I just, I think in regards to something like this, it's easy to lose ourselves in the fear of it, but we need to, like you said, remind ourselves of the promises of God. And and it's not the promise that we won't catch it, but in the midst of what's going on, God is near and God will use this for his glory. So I think we just need to temper our hearts with, with, with grace and with love and, um, not freak out over it, you know, and it 's easy to freak out over things that are happening and enter into that panic. Mm-hmm. Um, that 's a whole rab- rabbit trail, the idea of mass panic and how that works, but um, we, we are people of another kingdom, and our Lord is sovereign, our God is sovereign, um, and so we can trust him that he'll work these things out and uh, and, and he works
0: it out in a way that it works out for the good and it works out for his glory, um, in this life and the next. Yeah. And, you know, you, you said our, our kingdom is yeah. the kingdom of God. And so, you know, that puts us beyond this moment. And, you know, one yeah. of the illustrations I used recently in a sermon, um, was I, I had, uh, and I, th- I can't remember, I, th- I might've gotten this, uh, from Francis Chan. Um, but I think one of my kids might have told me about it, so I, I used it in a sermon. so I had uh, a rope that I had mm-hmm. one of the guys in our church take to the back. you know I was holding it in the front by the you know by the pulpit, and he took it to the back and I put a little piece of tape on the rope right near where I was holding it, and I said, "This rope represents eternity. This little piece of tape right up here in the front represents the span of time that you." are alive in this world. So just to give you some perspective, you know, look how far back this rope goes. Look how, yeah. look how long eternity stretches out. So um, why would you make any decisions based solely on that little piece of tape? Right. Uh, why would you uh, analyze your circumstances based solely on that little piece of tape? Why right. would you allow the heaviness of loss or tragedy to be informed only By that little piece of tape. See, a Christian thinks different. A Christian has a different perspective. So, um, that kingdom perspective, that eternal perspective helps us to, to see things more vividly and more clearly for what they actually are, even if the worst happens. So, um, there is some rest there. And again, yeah. the gospel's about rest. We talk about this all the time. We, we want you to rest in Christ. And the only way to rest is to allow his promises and his truth and his kingdom to inform your yeah. heart in the worst of reports that we get from the media. Uh, one other angle maybe we could talk about this uh, particular cultural spotlight is what about the people who say whenever something like this comes up, it's God's judgment. You know, God yeah. is judging China or God is judging the world or, you know, this is some – you know, it's God's wrath being poured out in some way. Um, I don't know. I know I'm putting you on the spot.
1: Uh, any thoughts on that? I I, I have a few. Yeah. I mean, um, it's hard for me to look at something like a natural disaster and immediately think, oh, it is the judgment of God. Um, because I think you could look anywhere in the world and say, well, aren't they worse? Or aren't they, you know, right. don't they also deserve? Um, you know, so I... I I guess i have always kind of felt like I don't have the ability to determine for myself whether I view it through that lens or whatever, but um I suppose it could be um but I also believe that god's God's judgment will come no matter no matter what you know like it. There's a final judgment. I don't. I don't necessarily. I guess hold to the idea that every natural disaster and every situation like that, or a war or whatever, was God's wrath. I do believe that God uses every situation. Mm-hmm. So He might use a situation like this virus to spark great revival of people being born again. Yeah, throughout the world. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like when the disciples came to Jesus and cited the the headline. Uh, in Jerusalem, of the Tower of Siloam, when it fell, on uh, 18, yeah, eighteen people died, people, yep. and uh, they basically said, "Were they worse sinners than the ones basically who didn't die?" Right. And Jesus basically says, "Don't think that way. Don't think. Well, they must have been worse sinners." He goes, "Because unless you repent, you will likewise perish." In other words, um, we all live in a fallen world, yeah, and yeah. beware. Look up, lest the tower be falling on you. Because if God, if this was judgment, we'd all be gone. Yeah. Right? God would wipe out the whole world um, and so it, it's not the final judgment like you say um, that is coming uh, but because God's patient love uh, always acts before his judgment and yeah. wrath um, we in a sense are living in an age when the ark door is still open and, yeah. and we are not being judged by God right now um, in, the, in the final sense like you say Um, however, Jesus said something interesting in John three, when he said, God so loved the world, you know, that he gave the son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He said, whoever does not believe is condemned already, right? So Jesus gives the picture that the world is actually already under condemnation. Um, it's already being judged. It's already given over to death, It's already fallen. It's already broken. It's already being separated from God. And the only way to escape it is through the Ark of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's through Jesus. So, um, in some sense, the natural, the natural order of the universe is broken. And so, um, is it God's final judgment or like spontaneous judgment to judge a nation because they're rejecting, rejecting him? If, listen, if God did that, we'd all be damned. Yeah. Um, I, to me, I look at that as just a symptom of the fall. Um, we live in a, in a world, in a universe that's been broken by sin. Um, and in some ways, it, the Bible gives a picture that the entire universe itself was given over to frustration, You know, is the word that the scriptures use, um, that it's broken, it's fractured. And so um, we live in a world where the effects of sin are constantly, the waves of that are constantly breaking upon us, whether it be disease, you know, that enters the body and kills the body. You know, before Adam and Eve, we, we weren't going to die like that. Yeah. Um, but because of sin, this world is already under a sentence of condemnation. Yeah. So it's already on its way to judgment and it's already given over to death um, unless you put your hope in Christ. And even then, the waves of the fallenness of the world can still break on a Christian yeah. until Jesus renews. Uh, things in the on the last day he renews his creation so yeah i i don't i don't see it as like you know god is you know um uh, decreeing a fresh judgment on right. uh china anymore i i just see it as it's it's just the result world, of the fall the result of the fall the world is under condemnation yeah. and, and I, a sentence of death
1: i think you know one of the I kind of have two thoughts as to where should our hearts land with this other than what we've already discussed, just kind of maybe like some things, what what can we be doing? Well, number one, I, you know, I think prayer. I think we should be praying uh, for those affected by it, those who are trying to find a cure for it, all of that. Um, but I also think that this presents gospel opportunities to share with people who may be struggling, whether they're sick or just afraid, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for their sins, and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and so the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. And I think it's it's important uh, that we take the opportunities that are available in front of us. We're always praying for opportunities, right? You know, to, to share my faith, well, there's opportunities abounding, sometimes we just don't see them. Um, so, I, I think that this is an important time, you know, especially when people are afraid, people... Um, don't know what to do, where to turn. Let's preach Christ. It's it's the answer.
0: Uh, Maybe we'll finish this segment with this. God's everlasting love. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In other words, if God has already given the best heaven had, Why should we not look forward and assume that he will give us all things that we need for life and godliness? That he'll give us victory in and through everything. So, you know, it's the idea of future grace. You know, we've received current and past grace through the cross. How should we not assume because God's already given uh, the greatest thing he could give? Why would he not give a lesser grace than the fact that he already gave his own son? And then he says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is it to condemn? Jesus Christ, the one who died, more than that was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So be encouraged by that. Christ is praying for his people. He's praying for you. Uh, He's guarding you through his prayers. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then I'm going to skip to verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know what, Caleb, I know we weren't planning on doing a whole episode on this, but maybe we'll uh, we'll end this uh, and just, we'll post okay. this just about the coronavirus because it's such a hot topic right yeah. now. Um, but I want you to walk away with that thought that, Nothing can separate us in all creation Amen. from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. We already have everything in Him. Yeah. We, and allow His promises to arm you. Allow His voice to be the one that you hear the most, like Caleb was talking about earlier. Um, beware of, I think, the excess or idolatry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and We're talking about idolatry. That, that was going to be the intent of this show, which we're going to we'll hit that next episode. Beware of the idolatry of... Uh, of what is being said outside of God's word um, by the media, by culture, by Hollywood. We need to listen to God's voice and God's word.
1: You really can have an idolatry of fear. I mean, uh, when you're allowing all those voices to speak into you and you're not hearing the voice, you know, your heart's not tuned to the Father's voice, and all you hear is all these fearmongering voices. Because I mean, if you look on social media, whatever the news, it's, it's all the same. It's 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 fear, doubt, you know, terror, panic. It's gonna it's gonna lead you down that road of fear, and you're you're considering those things far more than than the Word
0: of God. Go back to what Martin Lloyd Jones said. We shared this in the first show. He said an idol can be defined most simply in this way: an idol is anything in our lives that occupies the place that should be occupied by God alone. Yeah. Right? So if, if we are looking at a situation or a report or a fear and we're allowing that to dominate our heart or our emotions, we're, we're, we're allowing that to be too important. We're putting too much value on it, and in that way it can become an idol. So we need to demote that report, demote that emotion, demote that fear, and allow God to rule in our hearts yeah. by faith in Christ yeah. and know, listen, if Jesus, and he did, If Jesus died on the cross for our sins, if he took the keys of hell and death, if he defeated hell and death, that means he's in charge. He's in charge of you. He's in charge of his church. He's in charge of of death. And that means that we should be fearless. And, uh, you know, as it was, um, I just quoted this the other day. I can't remember who said this or who kind of gave this principle, but uh, it's something that I've lived by uh, since my teenage years when I first heard it that we're invincible until the purposes of God are finished in our lives. So rest today in Christ and um, turn your attention to Him and His Word and His promises. Thanks for listening.